Welcome to the Bridge in the Gap podcast, where our mission is to encourage, equip, and empower every woman on her faith journey with Jesus Christ. Today, we are honored to hear from mom, speaker, podcaster, and author, McKelty Bloom, as she has a conversation with our podcast guest host, me, Kristen Ostrom. In this episode, you'll hear about the importance of conversations in relationships, perspectives to help overcome social anxiety, as well as the difference between a podcast, live conversation, and a panel, and how to host a podcast. I hope you enjoy this podcast. McKelty, I'm excited for today. This is going to be so fun. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I will say it's so weird being in the opposite seat. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of that, for people that maybe haven't heard the Bridge in the Gap podcast before, would you just introduce yourself and how you got connected with Bridge in the Gap? Yeah. So my name is McKelty Bloom. I am a podcaster, an author, a wife, a mom, um, speaker, and I was connected with Bridging the Gap, you know, a couple years ago now, and right in 2020. It was kind of funny because I just felt like I wanted to get connected with the women's ministry. I felt that was what was next for me and and met, um, you know, Carol and the team. And right when we were about to get going, then COVID hit. So it was a really weird year for me to come yeah. in, but um, was able just to make connections a different way. And, you know, Carol, she said, hey, I'd love you to run our social media. So mm-hmm. I'm advisor over social media. She crushes it by the way. <laughs> Thank you. It's been such a learning curve for me, but I I love it so much. And then she asked me too, um, hey, would you want to run our podcast for us? And I have been podcasting since 2018 and um, with had my own personal podcast at the time. And I absolutely love it. And I said, yeah, sure. You know, a complete honor. I was like, let me have this baby first and then, <laughs> and then we'll get to it. Um, but that's kind of who I am. And and how I got connected with Bridging the Gap. So I'm usually hosting the podcast. So it's really fun for me to kind of be on the other side of it today. And I'm excited that you're on the other side of it because I'm curious to learn more from you about, well, we're going to be talking today about talking. Yeah. And <laughs> so we're talking about the art of a conversation and specifically even leading a podcast, but just in general, why conversations matter and mm-hmm. how we can become better communicators. Mm-hmm. Um, so just talking about conversing with other people, what is the value of mm-hmm. becoming better at that? Yeah, I really think that over the last probably, I mean, decade, honestly, if you really think about it, the, the, the art of a conversation, the value of a conversation has just kind of been diminished in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, before smartphones, before <laughs> computers and everything, all you had to do was then talk to each other. Yeah. Like, that's just what you did. And you just got to know each other and talked about like what's actually going on in your life and things like that. But now you look around a room with friends and everyone's on their phone, yeah. you know, and everyone's just watching a TV show and there isn't a conversation actually happening. And I remember one of my friends said this to me one time, one of my like close friends. She was like, I'm just, I feel really bad lately in my life because I feel like I don't know anything about my best friends. Mm. I don't know what their hobbies are. I don't know what their dreams are. Like when we get together, it feels like, like shallow catching up, but it's just so surface level. And then we watch something or talk about the funny TikTok video we saw, Mm. you know, we're not going deeper in a relationship. And that was just really eye opening for me. And I can completely see that. Mm -hmm. And I am someone where I, I don't know if you know straight Strength finders, but my top strength finder is communication. Wow. And I love communicating with people. I value that just people have a story. Mm-hmm. And 
they want to share their story and you can learn from other people and just their life experiences. And so whenever I am going to be meeting someone for dinner or just seeing someone for the first time, I'm always in my head beforehand thinking about what can I ask them? Hmm. Like, what can I talk with them about? Like pre-planning. Yeah. Some points. I always pre-plan. And some of that may be because I'm like really uncomfortable in silence. (laughs) (laughs) It might also be like a survival (laughs) tactic of how can I make this not uncomfortable? But I don't know. I'm always thinking like as I'm driving to dinner, what's happening in their life lately? Maybe they just Mm -hmm. got a job promotion. Maybe they just moved into a new house. You know, how is the neighborhood? And, you know, something along those lines. And it was funny when it was only like the first time I actually hosted my husband's grandparents and they came to the house. I was so nervous because I'm like, we got to find things to talk about. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just kind of one on one. It's not Mm -hmm. just um, a big family gathering. So I thought of all these things. I'm like, well, I remember that he was in some sort of military function, Mm -hmm. like all of these things. And so when he got here, I just started asking them all these questions about how they met and what it was like in military, you know, and all of these things. And Wyatt afterwards said, I didn't know any of those things about my grandparents. Like I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I just share that to say, like, I think that there is so much that we can gain as family and as friends, as in a multi-generational community that is really important if we just start opening our mouths and just get on a deeper level with people and say like, okay, not just how are you doing, but like, how are you really doing and growing deeper in those relationships and learning from each other? Do you find that when you're talking with people that you have never met that you're kind of using the same... Uh, have the same purpose of you want to get to know a little more deep in who they are? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously I'm not going to ask them how, like, (laughs) how is their marriage really doing versus like if there's like a close friend, I'm going to ask them that. Uh, But yeah, I think I kind of have like the different categories when you're meeting somebody new. Like, tell me about your family. Tell me about your kids. Everyone wants to talk about their kids. So that's always a safe one to go for. Um, And talking about like their career, their job. And if it's usually if it's like a woman, I'm like, what are your goals? Like, what are you what are you working on this year? you know, something to that extent that we can feel comfortable with. But those overarching categories that are usually safe and you'd be surprised, like they might start talking and then there's things that I pick up on and Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that's super interesting and can ask deeper questions. But I will say that you have to have a lot of humility Mm -hmm. when you're in that position, because there have been some really dumb questions that I have (laughs) asked (laughs) and things that have been really embarrassing. I was asking another one of Wyatt's family members, I'm like, what do you do? And I'm like, he's like, oh, I, I farm. And I'm like, oh, do you farm like cows? Do you farm corn? Do you farm like all he just the way he looked at me? He's like, yep, corn. Like, I just I don't know. I just was asking really dumb things, but I was just trying to learn. And it's, so you have to be prepared and, and to have that humility as you're as you're going through it too. But yeah, I think that it's always safe to kind of have like a script in your mind, a little bit like what you want to talk about. Yeah. And with friends, you know, of course, this is a little more casual and you can go deeper, but still good to like pre-plan and yeah. some ways. That's awesome. And you just said the word learn. I find that when I'm talking with people, especially if you're in a situation where you don't know the person or say you're in the church lobby and Mm -hmm. that can, you know, you could either look at it as this is awkward. I don't know this person. What am I going to talk about? Mm -hmm. Um, But if you go at it with an attitude of learning, there's always something you can 
have a conversation about with the person, learning about what their interests are. Mm -hmm. If, say, they're into an industry that you really don't know much about, you can learn more about that. And after you have so many conversations with lots of people in lots of areas, now you've also gained Mm -hmm. knowledge on a variety of things. And I always use the 80-20 rule, which usually that's like about food and exercise, right? That's what you hear most common. But for me, it's like I want to ask 80% of the questions and Mm -hmm. I want to be asked about 20% of the questions. Wow, that's great. And because I think it just, I don't know, I... It just makes people feel seen yes. and heard and just like valued in that way. So if I'm going out to dinner with a friend, it's like, okay, here's all the things that I want to ask them to know about their life. Yeah. And it just takes the pressure off of you. And because I would find myself sometimes getting so frustrated, like they didn't ask me a single thing about myself. Mm-hmm. Like I got a new job and they didn't care. You know, it started to get really like egotistical in that way. But to me, it's like, that's not the <clears> point <throat> of the relationship. The point, yeah. it's like, if it meant a lot to me, I'm going to just share like, hey, did you know? I'm doing this like hey did you know and they're like oh I didn't know and so but that's how I kind of came to that 80 20 rule is like Mm -hmm. I just think that it's just more empowering that way and just to be able to figure out that many things to ask them and people will answer and you can even like you said in the lobby at church you're seeing someone for the first time you're on the greeter team someone walks in I just do a quick assessment Mm -hmm. I'm like okay so they have kids (laughs) they have the super cute shoes I want to know where those are about like where'd you get your shoes like super easy starter question yeah and we're being real about it you're just Mm -hmm. finding ways of okay now you said that okay now i can learn something new if i ask this question Mm -hmm. when i was in college my campus pastor he said i wanted to be better at asking people questions and he said that his wife has like a list of questions and then i'm sure she has them in her just her mind now but things that she can even pull out to ask anybody and that's Mm kind of what you were talking about with different categories but when someone says something that could just spark a new right trail that you could go down right and that's something that i feel like i have really grown in Uh, a lot of my career in social work mainly was as an adoption social worker and one of the pieces that we had to do were home study meetings Mm. so anybody who wanted to adopt or do foster care has to go through the home study process and what you're doing essentially is learning about their whole entire life from Mm. family of origin, from their favorite activities, from how their parenting style will be, just everything. And from that, I think that's where I really learned how to take something that someone says and tangent off of it and pick up on key phrases and key words um, and really dive deeper into it. And you can learn so much (laughs) from someone if you just say like, say more about that. You know, if they say something Thing that's really interesting, just say more about that. Yeah. And then they can go deeper. And so I think that's really where I learned it from. But that was something that I I really appreciate that I am able to do. I'm trying to say that very like humbly mm-hmm. <laughs> of being able to hear what someone says and have a tan- tangent off of it and ask questions. Because I know that isn't easy for everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's why I do think it is okay if you're someone who mm-hmm. maybe has more social anxiety, um, just get really nervous in meeting new people to have that list of mm-hmm. like, what can I say that are safe things, but then start to feel more comfortable and grow in that and just ask the question that's in your mind. Yeah. Because so much like, like so many of us leave a conversation like, oh, I wonder if they did X, Y, and Z. Or I wish I would have asked that. It's mm-hmm. like, just ask it. Mm-hmm. Just see where it goes, if it's appropriate, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I think that there's just a lot of growth that can happen from that. And you learn it just like how I learned it. Yeah. 
I think too that coming at like if you feel a little more nervous and talking with someone you don't know that consider yourself the host like mm-hmm. maybe they're also nervous too and mm-hmm. so how can you help make them feel comfortable or you want to encourage them through your conversation where leave them better than the way you started the conversation yeah. you know and by asking them questions it does help them feel seen yeah. and by learning more about them it helps them feel heard mm-hmm. um so if we're like the host and wanting to just encourage the other person that can help us you know get over our nervousness and yeah have a purpose to the conversation too is like we really want to know about yeah. this person yeah and you want to make them feel comfortable totally yeah. yeah and if you have a genuine interest in them then it's like oh they feel that like yep. they feel that comfortability and that openness for yeah. sure and you know as christians jesus sees us he he like he hears from us and is interested in what we're interested in. He put those desires there too. And so just like, how can we love people through a conversation? Mm -hmm. Asking questions is one of those things. Absolutely. Yeah. So as uh, with conversations and with podcasts and would you say podcasts are conversations or they're more interviews or how would you describe podcasts? That's a really good question. So for me, I think when it comes to podcasts, obviously there's a variety of different types. You know, there are the more educational ones where it's like the stuff you missed in history class <laughs> or like the history chicks, you know, something along those lines. And it's teaching. And then there's some where it is just like an individual person. They might be recapping videos that they saw. But I think one of the main types of podcasts we have seen emerge over over the last couple of years are co- like conversations within podcasts that people are just sitting down, they're talking together or they're interviewing somebody. And that's definitely the vibe that has become the most popular in, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And I guess I should say in my frame of reference mm-hmm. and what I listen to. And I think that in those situations, it is a conversation. And I believe that's what makes a good podcast mm-hmm. is when you have someone on and you really are tangenting off of each other and discussing things further. And I feel like it is awkward (laughs) when it is just asking questions Uh and it's a script and like, I'm just gonna ask this question and jump back to you. But when the other person can relate and say, Oh, I had this experience too, or I have this funny story and bounce back off of it. It truly does make it feel more like we're just sitting and having a conversation. And I always say in my podcast, I tell this like every guest beforehand, like I want it to feel like we're just sitting and having a cup of coffee and talking and I want you to feel comfortable. And a lot of the times they'll be really nervous. They'll be like, Oh, I'm nervous to do this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, by the end of it, my goal is that you feel comfortable and we're just talking. Mm -hmm. And that typically is what happens, which is great. And like, that's my like job as a host. Mm -hmm. I see it as is I'm not just going to sit and berate you with questions, (laughs) but also give you a little bit of what I think and what I feel not to be self-centered. Some people think like, oh, if I'm doing that, that means I'm making it about me. Hmm. And there is a line with that. I think we've all listened to those podcast episodes or those interviews where I'm like, the interviewer talked more about (laughs) themselves the whole time. But there's so there's a line. But I do think that it opens them up more and comforts them. It gives them time to think, too, about what they want to say next or look at their notes. But there is that level of comfortability that really opens it up in that conversation. Yeah. So why do you think podcasts have become a bigger thing? in recent years? Well, I think that the pandemic was a huge piece to it. Like think of the amount of podcasts like in research just like had just skyrocketed yeah. as people as it are at home. But the reason that is, is because everyone was so lonely. Like mm-hmm. they were just desperate for connection and 
even without COVID, like we're still experiencing, everything's kind of back to normal, but people are still desperate for relationships. Mm -hmm. And we're just like clinging to some sort of knowledge and hope and just feel like we're missing something a little Mm -hmm. bit because I think what we all experienced was traumatic. And I'm not going to get social working on everybody (laughs) here. Not the time and place. But it truly was really traumatic going Mm -hmm. through that COVID year or years. And so I think that that's one of the reasons that people are turning to podcasts is because we find comfort Mm -hmm. just even hearing other people talk Mm -hmm. and we're finding that connection through other people's stories um so i think that's why it's really been on the rise with podcasts i mean the difference is with panels or sermons or live conversations Mm -hmm. are there differences there is with a sermon but Mm -hmm. with the other things um how would you describe yeah, that's a good question. And I know it's one that like mm-hmm. we've been talking a lot about, like mm-hmm. within BTG, like what are the differences in all of this? But I do think that there is a difference between a, like a podcast, a panel and a live conversation. Obviously, the podcast is like recorded, you yeah. know, with microphones, all that stuff. But people sometimes would be like, well, isn't a panel just a panel? Well, I'm like, no, my mindset is a panel. There is a facilitator that truly is just asking the questions. Mm. And sometimes my just ask it to the group or pointing it at people. But their job in that moment is not to make it about them. You know, they're not really sharing stories. They're not bringing attention and awareness. And they're just like, okay, next question, like Mm. that type of vibe. Mm -hmm. Whereas a live conversation, it's including the facilitator and the host where they're able to kind of go back to kind of play with a podcast a little bit there where they're able to share like, oh, and this is my experience too. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel this way. Or like to piggyback off of what you said, Kristen, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, that just feels like it's more it's more engaging in my perspective. Like I way prefer live conversations than panels because it does feel more relational Mm. um, and feels less less stiff and tight in a lot of ways. But there's a time and place for panels. Don't get me wrong. I do like them. But in situations like I hosted um, two panels at the what will now be known as the Bridging (laughs) the Gap Leadership Conference uh, this last year. And those were live conversations to me because it was we were going back and forth mm-hmm. like sometimes the panelists or what you know the guests of the conversation would say well McKelty what do you think or like mm-hmm. have you experienced that and and bringing it all together and for some reason whenever that happens it just loosens the feel of everything and it feels more natural yeah and the audience experiences that too where they feel like it's more of a thing that they can be in part of. It's mm-hmm. more engaging. I don't know why that is. You know, I haven't figured that part out yet where what the reasoning is. But even as an audience member, when I'm watching the differences of like a live podcast show mm-hmm. that I'm watching versus just like a panel where you're asking questions, I am way more likely to be engaged in that live conversation mm-hmm. than the panel um, just because of the way they're the the host and the guests are bouncing off of each other and, and just bringing, you just bring it out of your guest, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're able to relate to them in some way as well. So there is a difference. 
single moms, you're invited to be part of the 2023 Single Moms Retreat on June 2nd and 3rd at Lake Geneva Christian Center in Alexandria, Minnesota. Join with other single moms from across the Midwest to relax, refresh, have fun, and be encouraged. Enjoy main sessions with Jennifer Maggio, Rebecca Hagen, Nick Gray, and worship with Reba Gray, multiple breakout sessions, as well as incredible giveaways like our Diva Boutique personal shopping experience, a spa, car care, haircuts, professional headshot photos, a one-mile walk or 5K run rollerblade or bike, the Girlfriends Night Out Party with a special performance by music artist True Serva, and more. Our hope is for every attendee to feel extravagantly loved, seen, and encouraged on her faith journey with Jesus Christ. We also have lots of fun opportunities to volunteer, including for men to join the car care team. Invite your family, friends, or church small group to come and serve with us. Register to attend, volunteer, or donate at mnbtg.org slash retreat. That's mnbtg.org slash retreat. We'll see you there. Part of what we're talking about today is how do you host a podcast well? How do you lead a conversation well? Like what makes for a good host? Yeah, I think that you have to remember there's a, there's a couple of pieces. One of the things is you have to remember it isn't about you. Mm. And there will be times where somebody says something in the podcast and you're like, oh, I really want to comment on that. <laughs> like, I really want to say something. But the flow that they have mm-hmm. is so nice that you're like, okay, I missed the spot where I could say it. But do I just circle back? Because there's sometimes you could circle back. But you really in that moment have to think, am I making that about me? Mm. Or would that actually add value to the conversation? That's good. Because there are some times where I'm like, I have this thought or I have this verse that came to mind, just a good cherry on top of that Sunday <laughs> that they just served me. And I, I really want to say it. And it would fit nicely. It would add value. But then there are some times where I'm like, I think I'm just making that about me. Hmm. And that isn't the time and place. Mm-hmm. And so I have to shut it down. So I think that is like one of the big things that you have to focus on as a good host. Um, the second one, it's picking out a guest. You know, who are you going to have on your even your panel, mm-hmm. your conversation, your podcast? Who are you going to have? And I think you really want to think of you could approach it two ways. You could approach it the person like let's say, you know, someone, you know, have amazing testimony. You don't know what they would really talk about, but, you know, you want them on. Mm. But there might be a situation where you there's a topic you want to speak to. And we've had that at BTG plenty of times in our podcast prep meetings. And it's, you know, really thinking and praying about who would be a good fit for that. Mm -hmm. And you have to think more to especially <laughs> for more of like the live conversations because panels, you, I mean, excuse me, podcasts, you can kind of edit things and go around it and you have like your notes more in front of you. But sometimes a really good person that could talk on the topic won't be the best person for your panel hmm. because there are oversharers. There are time hogs. There are undersharers where you ask them a question and they give you two sentences and that's it. Mm. And you're pulling teeth to get them to elaborate. <laughs> and sometimes that's happened. And it's like, oh no, like you flew through all 15 of my questions <laughs> in like 15 minutes and we have a half hour left. So you really kind of have to think that through too. You know, your best friend might not be the best person for the job <laughs> if you know that they're really just not good at elaborating or they get nervous in front of people. So you do have to be mindful of that. But I I just yeah, when you're when you're picking a guest and when you're picking like that topic, it's really keeping in mind, you know, 
is this person going to have an experience Mm. or just the wisdom or even the self-awareness in a lot of pieces to, to be able to do that appropriately. Um, Because again, there might be some really amazing people that just aren't good on panels. Mm. They're just not good in a podcast. They just get too nervous and that's okay. It's not just, it's going to be somebody else. It's just not their strength. But that's something that I really think about and look into as well. And third, um, really the questions and the prep work ahead of time mm-hmm. is going to be the best thing for it. Because even if you have that person that maybe all of a sudden freezes up on you, like, do you have the ability to have the questions to bring them back out, you know, to, to keep the conversation moving forward and think on your toes and the questions ahead of time, you know, like I said, are super important because you're, you're thinking through, okay, what is the main thing that I'm having them on to talk about, but what are like two or three other subtopics that we could discuss as well hmm. and and to bring it all together. So, for example, when I interviewed um, Scott and Karen Hagen, uh, the current NCU president, there was so much that I'm like, OK, the, what do I want to talk about here? Like yeah, you, you could talk about so a, lot, a lot of things as a president of a university going through what he experienced as a president of a university. And. I'm like, okay, well, I really would like to talk about leading in crisis, but then what are other things that I know about him? Like, okay, we know we really, they like to talk about marriage. So I might add some questions about marriage in there, or I might ask some questions about what the transition was like, because I know he took over for Gordon Anderson, who was Mm -hmm. like a legend at North Central. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, although I'm preparing to talk about leading in crisis, we're also looking at all these subtopics as well. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to have those just in case you go through your questions too quickly, or it just, something isn't jiving. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's happened before where I'm like, I think like we feel off on this Mm. topic and we need to switch gears to something else. And so being able to kind of lead into that. But that's really what the questions are about. And and sometimes they're easy to come up with. I know when I've interviewed some authors and speakers, like they have questions already. But then there's other people who it's like, I want to talk about boundaries. I'm like, all right. And I have to come (laughs) up with all the questions right there. And you can do boundaries so many different ways. So I think it's really um, knowing your guest or guests if it's, you know, multiple people knowing like who they are, reading their resources and materials if they have it. And so that you're familiar with that. Uh, But that can be a really, a really key factor. And then something that I do is even as the conversation is happening, as I've asked a question, the person is talking in my head, I'm thinking of like, different directions we can go like, okay, they just said this. So I could ask about this or I could go back to this question that I have. So like my mind is always going, which is hard when you're trying to be present, yeah. but trying to keep the focus of what's next so that when they're done, you're not, Oh, uh, right. blah, blah, blah. where are we going next? You know, so that's something, a strategy that I really like to utilize is as they're talking, picking up on some of the keywords that they're saying, keep in and kind of deciding where are we going to go from here? So you send people questions ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I've seen that too. And do you do much off the cuff? How do you feel about that? Is yeah. that like scary for <laughs> no, the interviewee? It's, or? It's, 
I think it depends on the interviewee. So I usually put in my email as I'm sending the questions, like here are the questions and thoughts and topics. But I always like to see where the conversation goes. Mm-hmm. Like I give that little disclaimer mm-hmm. because that is who I am as a person. Like I like to just see where the natural flow of something goes. I don't like to just go question by question. So um, I definitely am like 50-50, not going to lie, okay. of like the questions that I ask. So I'm sure it stresses some of the <laughs> guests on the podcast out. And they'll usually be really good. Like they'll tell me right from the beginning, like I might just read from my phone or, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, I have the questions. And and that goes back to though, doing your job as like the host to make them feel comfortable enough to look away from their phone and just talk to you mm-hmm. and, and to be able to have that be the goal. Um, but if there is somebody that, uh, that really is like, I just want to stick to the questions, then I will, you know, mm-hmm. like I won't, I'll just, just stuff the questions that I have that come up with it down so that I can respect them enough and respect that this might be something we're really nervous about and mm-hmm. just stick to that. How has it been for you? I know you've interviewed, sorry, this conversation, we don't call it interviews, right? No, call it both. I know, it's um, totally fine. <laughs> but um, you have had conversations on a podcast with people who are very experienced mm-hmm. or national speakers. And what is it like for you when you have like, been in a conversation with someone who they may even send you questions ahead of time that they would like you to ask Mm -hmm. and how do you approach those? Yeah. Well, I will say it makes me nervous. I'm not, I mean, I you do super, <laughs> super great at it. By Thank the way, Thank you. That's very kind. But I, I do get very nervous. Like every time I interview Susie Larson, I get so nervous because she does this every day. Like that's her job is interviewing people. And so it is like a little bit, oh, but those are more of like my own insecurities of like, I want to seem like I'm doing a good job. I want to be professional and, you know, enough. And, but I, you know, you kind of have to just push those aside, but But um, I do think that I really just try my best to think of them like this is still a person. But I love interviewing those types of people, though, because they are really good at it, too, Mm -hmm. because they do it all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, Carrie Newhoff and Susie Larson and Andy Andrews, you know, these are people that have conversational style podcasts. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm sitting with them, they know how to elaborate, like they know how to lead off of questions. And sometimes they do like Carrie Newhoff asked me so many questions like I so I had to be prepared for that and I wasn't expecting it but yeah I don't know I just I'm like these are still people Mm -hmm. you know even though they're big authors and speakers and and do this every day like they're still people and I do I do try to prep a little more I'm not gonna lie (laughs) to make sure that I know the questions enough that I can keep the eye contact as much as possible because I know that they're gonna be keeping eye contact with me the whole time and it's good to know so you you do that that during yeah. podcast conversations she's like yes I really try to not look at my questions a mm-hmm. lot um, and that I can keep that eye contact and and so people who are really experienced and have been guests like they do the same thing mm-hmm. which I mean it makes sense because they're just answering you yeah. know they're not asking questions yeah and but for me I'm like I don't know I feel this pressure like we have to maintain <laughs> eye contact the whole time have I been looking at you seven <laughs> seconds and then away and like, oh, so it's stressful but no it is really fun to interview people and both that aren't very experienced in podcasts like I've had a lot of first podcast timers yeah <laughs> um on on the show and it's been so much fun but I've had also some really experienced so there's fun pieces for both for sure so we've had some friends that are interested in starting a podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, What would you say to them for how they could 
look into starting one and get better at it. Yeah. So it's actually been really fun for me. I've been able to, I say, you know, coach with quotes around it, but coach like three or four people um, who have been interested in starting podcasts, which is I I mean, that's so kind, you know, to come to me and ask me like, I really um, feel really honored by that. Um, and it's fun because I kind of talk them through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, what does it look like to want to start, you know, from all the way to the end? But I think if you want to start a podcast, do it. I, I don't want you to be intimidated by there's so many podcasts out there. Like, what would mine even do? Because every single person's podcast is going to reach different people. Mm-hmm. It's going to tailor to what that need is, what you're offering. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing is do not start a podcast just because you want to be podcast famous. <laughs> <laughs> because, and if you, you know, it, you are going to be disappointed <laughs> in a lot of ways because, let me elaborate, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, because you are going to be so consumed about the likes and the amount of shares mm-hmm. and the amount of listens that it's going to be so disheartening for you to do this. And you're going to lose the point of why you wanted to start the podcast. Because if your goal is, okay, let's just think of something like, okay, uh, you have a testimony of addiction recovery. And so you want to share encouragement to people going through that. So you have guests on, you sometimes talk individually and all that. If you get so consumed by how many people shared your podcast or how many people listened, you're not going to want to do it anymore. You're mm-hmm. going to want to stop and mm-hmm. or you're just going to get disgruntled about it. Whereas you might really be serving somebody in that area. Mm-hmm. You might really be supporting someone or just answering the call that God asked you to do that. Mm-hmm. And maybe he just had you do it for your personal healing. Um, you just really never know. And so if your point is to just do it because you want the likes and the the acknowledgement from it, that's not a good enough reason mm-hmm. because it's going to beat you up on the way for lack of a better thing to say. So really know your why. And um, another thing that I would say, really when you're doing that, that prep work of starting the podcast and thinking of your topic and what you want to say is in each individual episode, what value are you bringing? Mm-hmm. Because... I know the style has been like just sit and have a conversation. So some people have kind of gone to one extent where they literally just sit with their friends and have a conversation. And it's like, okay, what, what value, what are we bringing here to the table? And that's something that I always strive to do in every single episode is what can the person listening take away from this? You know, I don't want someone to walk away from an episode and be like, I just listened to two people talk about their lives the whole time (laughs) and I gained nothing from it. And you know, there might be something that like, even now you're listening here and you're like, I'm not going to start a podcast, but I still want you to gain something from it. Yeah. I still want you to walk away with a tidbit of encouragement or or just a helpful, you know, practical tool. So really be thinking about that. And that might be something that you have to think about in the middle of recording a podcast mm-hmm. is if you have a guest on and you're talking and they're kind of going off on tangents, how can we wrap them around and kind of come back to the point mm-hmm. of an, the episode? Um, even just saying something Something like, wow, I think, you know, our guests and our listeners are going to have a lot of encouragement mm-hmm. by hearing X, Y, and Z and rephrasing what they said. So it doesn't get lost. But that's something you have to think of, too, is like what value is each episode going to bring to my listener? That's really good. I love the humility piece of that, too, and knowing your why, because mm-hmm. um, that'll keep you wanting to do it if that's what you're feeling like you're to do. Yeah. Yeah. How about transitions and mm-hmm. how to be better at that? versus, okay, we got done with the question and 
Awesome. <laughs> now, next question. <laughs> How have you gotten better at transitions? Yeah, I, you know, and transitions is something that you can work on if you're doing panels or live conversations or podcasts and everything. It's like, how do I have this natural flow? And I think that goes back to what I mentioned earlier of always thinking, even as we're talking of where can I lead next in this? You know, how can I guide this forward next in those next steps? So being two questions forward <laughs> while you're on the same question. And that takes a, a practice. Mm-hmm. It truly does. And I, when you're thinking through it of, okay, what do I, what do I want to know? Or something that I usually utilize. And again, this goes back to that difference between the panel and the podcast is I kind of respond and saying something like, you know, I really love that because blah, 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 blah. Mm. And just sharing what I took away from that. Um, And sometimes then they say something right back after that. Mm. You know, if I'm saying, wow, I really love that because I feel like what you just said is really highlighting the need of, you know, single moms and and really bringing them, um, you know, support and encouragement when they need it. And they might say, well, yeah, because I feel, and you know, and that bounce right back into the conversation and that natural flow. So that's something that I typically do is like make a comment, an appreciation off of what they said. And then it gives me time to then. So what do you think about this then? Mm -hmm. Or how would you do this? And jumping back into the next transition question. Do you use that in normal conversations also? Or you're... Yeah, that's a good question. I have never even thought about that. Um, I don't think as much. Sometimes just the like, mm, mm-hmm, you know, the nod yeah. and the mm-hmms as I'm, I'm listening to people. But um, I just feel like when I'm one-on-one conversation, it can feel a little more like, I don't know, there's something about it that just feels more natural yep. that you can just say what you're thinking. Uh, but I think with podcasts and stuff like that, there is a little bit more pressure. So we lose some of that art mm-hmm. of the conversation um, to know what to say next because there's a microphone in front of yeah. your face. There's <laughs> pressure. Uh, so I don't think I do it as much. Um, I might naturally do it. You'll have to you'll have to ask. You, you tell me, do I do that, Kristen? <laughs> Who knows? People out there who know me are probably like, yes or no. (laughs) We'll take a poll. (laughs) Are there any other things in podcast episodes that you would say are important that we haven't already talked about? I think the why is the biggest thing Mm -hmm. that, you know, somebody asked me that question recently was the what does every podcast episode need to have? Mm. And that was where my mind went is have something that's going to bring value to the person who's listening or a takeaway or a practical tip. And that might be my social worker coming out in me is like, what can we reflect on? What Mm. can we what can be that takeaway or helpful point? And so I guess those are multiple things to have in a podcast. But I know not every conversation especially like if your podcast isn't conversational based and it is you talking, um, there still is that level that you can bring them something. Even if you're teaching people how to fix refrigerators, Mm -hmm. like you're still giving them value in some way. So what is it that the person is going to take away and why are they going to come back? Mm. You know, why are they going to come back for more? And is it because of your topic? Is it because of um, your stories? And people love stories. Like that is just something that can make us completely zone out on life and just get engulfed in the vision that they're sharing with us and just encapsulate you in that. So I just think that stories are such a powerful thing to use and podcasts as well. But 
Yeah, I just, whenever somebody is coming on, because again, my podcasts are conversational. That's mm-hmm. just what I've always really done. And I always want the person to, not only the listeners, but the person I'm interviewing and talking to, to truly feel like, they have been heard as well and that they can share their piece. And at the end of almost every episode, I always ask, is there anything else you want to share that you didn't get to share? Because they're coming on and I want to honor them in that. And if they have anything else that maybe I just didn't lead them in correctly, that they were like, oh, I really want to share this. Because that also gives space for the Holy Spirit to work. True. And for God to be like, hey, say this one extra thing. Because that's happened to me when I've been a guest on a podcast or when I've been speaking somewhere Mm -hmm. and it's the ending and I'm like, okay, I really feel like, yeah, this is my final shove. Like, I got to say this. So, yeah, that would be, that's my thought. Yeah. I have two more quick questions is one, have you felt like you've improved since you've been doing this? Mm -hmm. You, well, we're coming up on the 50th episode at the time of this recording anyway, 50th Bridging the Gap (laughs) episode, and you've done most of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you hosted a podcast yourself. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed improvement? Is that something that people can grow in if Mm. say they're starting a podcast and like, well, I'm not the greatest. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Should they just start anyway? And yeah, yeah. You you will improve. I have improved. Absolutely. I used to get so nervous every before every episode and just like reviewing my notes like so (laughs) intensely. And then it was like, you know what? I'm just going to see where the conversation goes. Obviously, you do the prep work, you do the work. But it was something that I've grown in and was something that over time I was able to learn those all the strategies that I talked about. Sure, there are things that just make a person. We have gifts and talents, all of us, and they're all used for different things. So there are things that are going to be easier for some people. But I have absolutely seen and believe that people can grow in that. So it takes a lot of work. Like I said, I've been doing it for a very long time Mm -hmm. and like once a month for a very long time and now twice a month. Mm -hmm. And and so um, have really learned. But it's and it's humbling. I mean, it's very humbling and so much fun. So absolutely, you can do it, even if you're nervous to be the host of that panel at your church um, for the woman's night or something along those lines, like you can do it. That's awesome. It's kind of like with anything else, talents, when you use them, you know, mm-hmm. God can multiply them. Absolutely. Too. Um, and so then just with ending, how you end podcasts, which we are about to end this <laughs> podcast. McKelty, how do you like to end? Um, I You had just mentioned where you ask people, is there anything else that mm-hmm. you maybe haven't shared that you'd like to? Is that how you end most of them or how do you yeah. land the plane? Yeah, I usually I say something along the lines of, you know, is there as we're wrapping up, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, as we're reaching our time here or, you know, something along those lines and and really thanking them for yeah. being on the episode and sharing all they had to say. And I might even say something along the lines of like what you said about X, Y and Z is going to bring so much value to our listeners just to help them feel affirmed of you today sharing your story you sharing these tips is helping someone you're not wasting your time you're not um you know i don't want them to leave feeling defeated or insecure because it is it's very Mm nerve-wracking and so um yeah i think that that is a really good way to land the plane and just you know saying it as we're wrapping up Mm -hmm. as we're you don't have to be fancy (laughs) and then just offering that space for them to share one more thing or providing a list of their resources, you know, if they have resources, getting them to share how they can get connected with others or how to get their book or something like that. 
Yeah. Was well, there anything else that you would like to share? <laughs> I think that does it. I just really hope that this conversation, um, just to, you know, total it all here of, I just hope that it taught people not only about how to logistically, you know, like, how do you do a podcast? Right. Like, what are things you need to know? But just hoping that they find value in that conversation again and give them tips of like, oh, I could start doing that when I see people. Um, and just sharing that that focus because con- conversations lead you in so many different re- like directions and yes. relationships. And you are supposed to grow deeper. We're not supposed to do life alone. The Bible is very, very clear about that. We're supposed to be in community with others. And sin loves to thrive in the dark. And when you're alone and isolated, that is just so much darkness. But when you bring other people into your life, it's like, that's when you get support. That's Mm -hmm. when you have accountability. That's when you build relationships. And that is what we're supposed to be doing. So having conversations with others is so important. And, and on a micro micro scale where you're just one-on-one or macro where you're leading a whole, you know, conversation in front of people. So I just want to encourage you all on that today. Well, thank you for sharing your experience and your knowledge and your why, too. Mm -hmm. Knowing that there is a why behind things helps give even inspiration for other people to do the same. And so thanks for sharing today. It was encouraging to me and (laughs) it was educational. So if no one else, it was yes, (laughs) inspiring here. Um, And I also just want to mention that McKelty is a published author. And so do you want to just give a little tidbit about your book if people wanted to? Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, So um, my mom and I actually co-authored a book, Braving Every Season. um, And it's talking kind of through our relationship as a mother and daughter, but very applicable to mothers and sons, just any parent child relationship and goes through every season of life, of childhood, adolescence, young adult, adulthood, you know, from the day she found out she was pregnant to me as a mom myself and just navigating relationships and navigating how do we have conversations and conflict or what does it look like to battle through unmet and unspoken expectations. Um, There's a lot of my social (laughs) worky information in there, too, that I try to share for practical tips. But it's if if nothing else, it's just a behind the scenes look at my entire life right there in a book. So if you're interested in that, there you go. Uh, but yeah, it's available on Amazon. And um, I would be honored for you to read it. And I just hope that it also helps and encourages people in their relationships. Well, I'll put that in the show notes and you can learn more about McKelty. Um through that book too mm-hmm. and in future Bridging the Gap podcasts mm-hmm. come on back someday and listen yes. to come back <laughs> uh, twice a month the second and fourth Thursday of the month we drop new conversations so thank you Kelty for being on today and for what you do for Bridging the Gap and serving the women of Minnesota as well you are a huge blessing in many many ways and you're so sweet thank you you did today. a great job awesome. thanks <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bridge in the Gap podcast. We were honored to hear from McKelty Bloom on The Art of a Conversation. Learn more about McKelty and find her and her mom's book, Braving Every Season, at heartofthebrave.com. We're also looking forward to having McKelty emceeing at this year's Single Moms Retreat on June 2nd and 3rd in Alexandria, Minnesota. Learn more about Bridge in the Gap as well as the Single Moms Retreat at mnbtg.org by downloading the Bridge in the Gap app through your app store and by following mnbtg.org. BTG on social media. We also invite you to take a moment to rate and review this podcast to help others find this resource as well. Thank you for joining us today and we look forward to being with you next time on the Bridge in the Gap podcast.